0: I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. Today on the detail, the News Hub bombshell and what it means for New Zealand.
1: Tena Good evening. After providing daily news for almost thirty-five years, Three looks set to lose News Hub life at six. And it's all associated news programs, including its online news platform.
2: It's a tragic day for all of us personally. It's a tragic day for the company, but it is a tragic day for New Zealand, and it is this is a game changer. Not only a dark day for News Hub, but also a dark day for TV3 and the production sector that you know that employs hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on these shows across a multitude of production companies uh, across New Zealand.
0: Two days ago, hundreds of staff were told to drop what they were doing and attend an emergency meeting where the local bosses of their multinational owner Warner Brothers Discovery broke the news.
1: Unfortunately, we have not been able to find a way to make the production of News Hub financially viable into the future. And we, we as a commercial media company you know, cannot keep sustaining losses indefinitely.
0: The last news show will be on June 30th, if not sooner. But is it really over?
1: I would still like to see the staff at News Hub present some sort of solution or plan to see if they can't save at least part of that. News division. I don't think they should just give up.
0: In a moment, long time TV3 News boss, now newsroom co founder Mark Jennings, on why NewsHub staff have to fight back. So, could the channel's early days
2: be the inspiration? Cut it back, cut it down, go back to the bare bones and just harness that raw energy that was present back in the early days.
0: Rose Daly was a reporter in the Christchurch Bureau from the start in 1989. We were just so
2: fired up and ready to um, take it to TV1, which we did on so many occasions. We whipped their ass um, and you know, probably we didn't have the viewership that they had and we certainly didn't have the money that TV One had, but we made ourselves heard and seen and felt. <laughs> <laughs> what were yeah. some of the ways that you managed to skimp on resources? Oh, oh wow. Well, um, we didn't have a voiceover booth, right? So um, we'd do our voiceovers wrapped in a curtain. Um, one of the things, I guess, in terms of scrimping was because TV One was such that they'd hogged all the you know the rights to sport and um, major programming, but when when the All Blacks were doing a practice run, you know TV One blocked us out of the grounds. So Mark had the brilliant idea to hire a cherry picker, and so up <laughs> over the over the stands comes Mike Johnson on his camera um, filming the practice. TV Three reporters worked for
0: both the six o'clock news and the trailblazing late program Nightline.
2: Today is our first anniversary. So in keeping with the opulent standard set on the 26th of November 1989, Nightline painted its nails, put up its hair and threw a party. Very quirky, rebellious and hilarious and we had such fun.
0: Fast forward 35 years and like most of us in the news media, Mark Jennings got word of an emergency meeting on Wednesday morning.
1: When I heard about the meeting, I really feared the worst, Sharon. I mean, this has been coming for a while. There have been signs, um, the sinking lid policy, the delaying of programs, uh, the general lack of communication from the company. But I didn't expect the closure of the whole news division. I, I really thought it would be a significant trimming Um, of some of the parts. But to shut the whole lot down, I I was really shocked.
0: I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I think we're all not surprised, but at the same time shocked, because it's 300 people.
1: And that's a massive number of people, particularly to go onto the market at this particular time, When the media is going through a trough, there's no no question about that at the moment, and it's to do with uh, technological change, um, decline in uh, traditional advertising, the world economy, all sorts of things. So in this small market, for that number of people to suddenly lose their jobs in this industry, it's very distressing from that point of view.
0: Do you know of any other time in New Zealand media since you've worked in it that something like this has happened?
1: No, because, you know, TV3's been going 35 years. It's had uh, a rocky ride over that time, but it's always survived. And one of the key parts of TV3's identity has been news and current affairs. It's what most New Zealanders uh, think about when the word TV3 is mentioned, probably along with a few of the iconic programs like Outrageous Fortune, Brotown, etc. cetera. Um, but really news is at the heart and soul of that business so um, I can't think of another time where it's been such a grim outlook uh, for television in this country the wider media industry yes it's not it's not great but I don't think we're going to see a a closure like this uh, in in the near future
0: What do you make of the way it has been handled?
1: Now, the local arm of News Hub's parent company made a $34 million loss in 2022, a path which the NZ Warner Brothers Discovery boss, Glenn Kine, says is impossible to withstand.
0: We've been well aware for months, actually, that something was up and we know it's been losing a lot of money in the New Zealand operation. But the way this whole thing has been handled... Could it have been done better?
1: Well, I think you need to go back to uh, Discovery taking over TV3 and then Discovery itself merging with Warners. Um, I could never understand the rationale of an American company coming in here paying $20 million for a loss-making business And there was no discernible strategy around it. I I thought, right, we're going to see a rapid move to the digital platforms, to the streaming platforms, some of their big hit series that are on um, their own HBO Max uh, channel that are currently screened on Sky in this country. I thought, right, they will move um, to three now. And and this will be a real fight with TVNZ now, and I think that's what most of the people in the newsroom thought too. Right, we've got some real heavy hitters behind us now. Look out! But it just never transpired. So I th- I think they've been a disastrous owner of the business really, and now it's come to this.
0: What does that say about multinationals coming in to New Zealand and into a market that's so tiny? And quite crowded, but at the same time is so important. You know, the local talent, telling local stories. But really, what do they care about New Zealand?
1: I I think the ownership is a problem. And if you look apart from, well, a a couple of very short bursts where uh, TV3 was a publicly listed company in New Zealand, it really has never had the right owners. Canwest was probably the best because they were... A true broadcasting company, but it it took them a while to understand the business too. But the private equity owners, I don't think have, have been good owners at all. The business has carried way too much debt always, and news businesses just can't carry debt. It is not a growth industry. It's really a survival type industry. Warner Brothers Discovery, we are a tiny pimple for them. And they didn't seem to make any real effort to understand the market. This market, you you can be successful, but you need to have a very Kiwi New Zealand approach. Um, and that's what TV3 had, um, if you like, in the old days at times.
2: TV3, and Melanie Reid in particular, was the first person to initiate having Kia Ora Good Evening on the evening news. She Trailblaze that. Thank you, nod to Nada Glavish, of course, but um, yeah, Kia ora, good evening, was TV3.
1: It was a very Kiwi attitude and way of doing things, but that's been lost now.
0: What do you make of how the politicians are responding. You know, the Prime Minister Christopher Luxon says, "Well, the government can't do anything."
1: Well, look. I mean, the reality is that consumers are, complete, you know, are choosing their news and their media in lots of different channels and through lots of different multimedia outlets. Uh, we have a plurality of media voices in New Zealand that will continue. Uh, but I just want to acknowledge, pretty tough day.
0: Winston Peters seems to be the biggest champion, actually. Well, frankly, for those 300 s- or so staff and. Uh their spouses and their family, this is an absolute disaster. But it's also a disaster for this country's democracy. But then the the minister of this industry, Melissa Lee, is saying, well, there are other channels for news out there, you know, there's nothing that can be done. I mean, we have a lot of other media in New Zealand who are... Um Moving on, not just as a radio versus TV, you know, it's a multimedia uh, business now. There may
2: be media mediums, but you've only got TVNZ now as a broadcaster. You've got one state broadcaster that will effectively have a monopoly of news in that medium. Is that not a priority okay. issue?
1: If TVNZ is the only media that uh, is
2: actually producing news, what, what do you guys do? In that? The
1: political response has been, in my view, shambolic. Um, and... Actually, apart from Winston, um, who seems to change his mind frequently on the media, um, there's been almost a lack of human decency and empathy around their responses. Melissa Lees was just... I don't know, I just couldn't make any sense of it. She was suggesting Sky might step in.
0: Well, there's Sky as well. There's a whole lot of other media as well. But, you know, as I said, News Hub has been a valued media, uh, news sources that people have actually turned to. I personally have enjoyed it.
1: If you know anything about the media, you know that's not going to happen. Um, And in fact,
0: News Hub provides news to Sky.
1: Correct. Luxon's view, oh, well, we can't help or do anything. Um, but Air New Zealand was bailed out uh, majorly. So I think what it is actually symptomatic of is a lack of any media policy in this country, a lack of understanding about what do we want our media to look like? what What is its role in society? And how can we facilitate that. If you look at most European countries or most European democracies, they do support their media. They support it through a variety of, of means. It can be tax tax breaks. It can be direct support. It can be other facilitation. You know, they, they recognise its role uh, in democracy of having a diverse, um, vigorous media sector I don't think there's a recognition of that in New Zealand, but maybe this event will jerk a few people into actually thinking about it and and maybe even doing something.
0: There is this thing called the Fair Digital News Bargaining Bill, and that's sitting there, and we don't know whether this current government is going to support it. Could that have made a difference?
1: Um, I don't think it would have made a huge difference to News Hub, but it might have made some. If you look at what's happened in Australia, where the big uh, digital platforms, Google, uh, Facebook, pay considerable sums to Australian media organisations because their government, uh, led by a guy called Josh uh, Frydenberg at the time, did bring in uh, really tough legislation, and Google and Facebook, uh, particularly Facebook, caved in in front of that and now pay hundreds of millions to the media in Australia. And if you look at the media in Australia, they're on a very sound economic footing, um, most of the players there, and, and it's, it's a vibrant market. Victoria has got four major TV channels and some regional players, and that's the size of New Zealand. So um, I think the Fed bargaining bill is important, Because what it's aimed at is, I guess, getting these big platforms to pay a fair and reasonable price for the material that they use and leverage off. If that happened, then the media in this country would be on a more solid footing. Now, there are deals in the market. I mean, Newsroom, for instance, has a deal with Google, but there's no uh, guarantee that that deal will continue in the longer term, and it's not a lot of money. So having the digital bill would improve the situation. But I don't know if this government has got the appetite for it. This will be the thing to keep an eye on. This will be the test.
0: Because, you know, Andrew Schusterman, a former TV3 executive, he's saying that it's not just a loss of 300 News Hub workers. Big audience
2: winners like The Block and... Married at First Sight, New Zealand, and The Traitors, all those shows are under jeopardy. And that's because they're fully funded by the broadcaster. We now have to go to the funding agencies to help plug that gap, and the funding agencies, you know, they're having their budgets cut too. As this rolls out, we're going to start to see how this is going to impact the production sector uh, irrevocably, possibly. It it
0: threatens a huge industry of TV producers, um, you know, local programming makers.
1: Yes, uh, Schusterman is totally right. Um, There's been a big focus on News Hub, but this has ramifications much further than that. And the local production industry is what I think is going to happen. TV3 is going to really just become uh, like a cable channel in the US and it will be run out of LA. The play out of programs already is done in LA. So I think we're going to lose most of those local programs. Warner Brothers Discovery says it will continue co-productions, but I just wonder who is going to enter a co-production with them now. And so I think it's going to have a massive effect on the local production industry. So again, I think the government needs to be thinking through this. This this, this is not stopping at 300 people. Mm. This, this is definitely going further.
0: It's hard to imagine that News Hub is going to carry on until June the 30th. What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, well, morale's going to be rock bottom um, and people will be going, you know, through the paces, if you like, um, sleepwalking to that date. Um, Often with these things, it gets to a point where the the process is sped up. But, uh, you know, I would still like to see the staff at News Hub present some sort of solution or plan um, to see if they can't save at least part of that news division. I don't think they should just give up mm. at this point.
0: What what would they need to do?
1: They need to really slim down that news organisation. They need to cut every ounce of fat out of it. Here's what I'd do. I'd cut the bulletin to half an hour. I'd have one news reader instead of two disestablish the foreign correspondence uh, positions in London and in the US. I'd look to move the whole operation, particularly the people, maybe not the studio initially, to a cheaper building somewhere on the city fringe further away. I would also then go to the big uh, advertising agencies, and and some of the big corporates in New Zealand, Kiwi Bank, one telecommunications company, and I'd talk to their chief executives and say, look, do you want to save this? All you have to do is direct a bit more of your advertising dollars towards NewsHub. And I think they'd say yes. And I'd also ask the government to waiver the transmission fees that Cordia charges. Suddenly, you probably um, got your news budget down to half of what it originally was. And then I'd say to Warner Brothers, okay, there you go. Um, News is no longer losing money. Still want to go ahead with this? They've got a social license to operate um, in this country. And part of that should be supporting a news service. They're a huge conglomerate. Their size is probably similar to this country. So Mm. let's put it to them. Let's see the whites of their eyes when we say, we've we've done this. Now you guys go ahead.
0: There's a lot of talk about, you know, one TV news outlet. Why is that so bad?
1: Competition is is the lifeblood of, well, all all media really, but particularly in that television sector. So when TV Three started in 1989 and three national news got going, um, it was. A, it, it was a fierce competition, but it, it raised the standard on, of both organisations and the competition um, drove innovation. It, 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 it drove new ideas. Once you take competition away, complacency sets in. You'll just find that the news quality will deteriorate. And, and that's why TVNZ itself is, is not happy about this. It, it actually knows that.
0: And is that why advertisers should care about this? Is that why they can be persuaded to maybe back a half-hour news show?
1: Totally. And, and there's another thing. If TVNZ has a monopoly, uh, particularly on, say, news viewers around that six o'clock hour, they will use that to potentially increase their rates. One game in town, that game starts to uh, make the rules.
0: What's next, do you think? I mean, people are talking about stuff. Can stuff survive this Trough in the in the market.
1: Yeah, I think the whole media industry is struggling. There's there's no question about that. Warner Brothers talks about a hundred million disappearing out of the market over the last couple of years. Well, that just hasn't just affected them. It, it's it's affected the whole uh, commercial media sector. But this will also be uh, a wake up. Call for the public and and for New Zealand Inc. They need to support local media and readers, viewers, etc. M- need to also understand that they need to pay something. This has been the big problem for free to air because they can't easily develop a subscription model. But other companies like um, Stuff, The Herald, Newsroom, uh, etc. They do have subscriber models, and if the consumers of these products don't pay something, and it can be as little as a cup of coffee a week, you will hardly notice it, but it means a huge amount to those organisations. If we don't come to that realisation, then yes, there will be further victims. It could be stuff, I don't know.
0: Mm. Juliet Speedy, who's News Hub South Island, senior journalist, was hoping that you know there might be a rescuer.
2: I mean, there's a part of me that still thinks, is this this really going to happen? Is someone going to swoop in and save us again? You know, it's happened so many times. I I just feel like, is this really going to be the end of it?
1: I I really like Juliet. She she worked for me when I was in uh, Christchurch, when I was Bureau Chief. But I think she's dreaming. I can't see a rescue here at all, apart from uh, Warner Brothers itself. Who is going to come in and take over a company that is losing 30 million dollars a year with no really clear pathway out of that.
0: Rose Daly has an idea about that.
2: There was you know so many lovely people who would just die hard and I think and I hope that that gut bravery is still there and someone will you know, have a, have a bright idea and <laughs> take it on. I mean, there are plenty of rich people in New Zealand too that may have, um you know, some sort of respect for um, the incredibly important role that independent journalism has and maybe they could bankroll it, you know? I mean, do you need all that money?
1: There's been a lot of outpouring of almost grief um, over this and one of the reasons for that is that this news service in this company was different. It had to be built on the backs of sacrifice, really. Uh, and most of the journalists that worked for Three National News, Three News, and then News Hub um, have been involved in this. They, they, they aren't in it for the money, obviously. They're in it because they believe in it, and it's and they devote big parts of their life to it. And it created a fantastic esprit de corps over this period. Um, and, you know, many of us have remained um, lifelong friends because the friendship was forged in a furnace, really, mm. of having to, um, you know, back each other up. Uh, and I think that's been why we've seen people crying on uh, on television, um, people really distressed, because they've seen something they've put so much into just go up and smoke in a in a nanosecond, really. TV3. TV3. You know, and it, I think back to the Nightline days of Belinda Todd and uh, Bill Ralston. I mean, they were involved in outrageous um, behaviour um, that you know ran ran the network into trouble at, at times, but they weren't really reined in because That wasn't the culture that was there. Um, The culture was let's give everything a crack, let's be different.
2: Okay, Tuesday's weather is next on Nightline. Listen carefully, I shall say this only once. The weather tomorrow is going to be a little bit naughty down the bottom of the country. You see, there's this front, there it is, that line with the little noble bits on it, and it's hardly going to be moving at all tomorrow. So, if that little performance doesn't get me to the Paris for the second annual Weather Forecasters Festival, I won't be surprised at all,
0: really. That's it for today. The detail is supported by RNZ and NZ On Air. Thanks to Mark Jennings and Rose Daly. This episode was engineered by William Saunders and produced by Alexia Russell. And I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. Ka
2: kite.